Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we are going to talk about the price of being a homeowner in Ontario and what that's going to cost you. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we're happy to have you here. Um, Interesting week in real estate. Leslie and I were just chatting offline about how busy it is out of nowhere, all of a sudden, and it's really hard to figure out what's going on. Don't you find? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, at a particular price point, I think higher end is still not moving as quickly. But even there, I've seen some things that uh, were sitting for a while all of a sudden going. But yeah, I would say in most most neighborhoods in the city, most types of properties under a million are, are going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I have been only in multiple offers in the last two weeks. I haven't mm-hmm. seen, I have not seen any homes listed that are not with an offer date, yeah. not with a multiple offer setup in quite some time now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see the stats. I have been really just looking uh, a lot with one client and these houses do not have offer dates, but they're going quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I my clients are all in the under under two million range. Yeah, these for sure. are, and maybe it's a difference in location. So these are kind of Midtown and North Toronto, and but the one was uh, listed at one two, and the one we went to see yesterday is is well, that's another story, but it's probably a bit over two, um, and neither of them had offer dates, and both went, but they both say an alternative to that to cause the same hour. thing, which is 48 hours. Yeah, local. that to so me I'm is an offer that, date. Yeah, yeah. But I'm seeing a lot of that in Midtown and North Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, yeah, rather than the set date. Well, yeah. I have been personally involved in uh, many offers with clients. So like yesterday, only three. But one the other day was 21. Yeah. One the Crazy. the day before, a couple of days before that was 22. We didn't get in on that, but we were going to. There was one uh, last week, same thing we were going to get in on, but didn't, that ended up with 18. Now, are they all in Durham? No, 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 no. no. Uh, two of those were in Toronto. Two of those were in Durham. So for whatever, and it's really interesting because it's really seems to be, localized because Pickering is on fire, but the rest of Durham is just starting to get busy. Um, like in Ajax, I notice townhouses are selling like hotcakes, but detached or semi-detached, not as much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just a matter of time though, before mm-hmm. everything sort of picks up. Mm-hmm. And same thing with um, uh, other areas of Durham as well. Uh, but they're and I can't, I can't remember if we mentioned this last week, but there was a great article in the Globe this week that talked about all kinds of different multiple offers that had been happening all over all over the GTA, not just Toronto, and how many of those were selling for crazy amounts over asking. I was just telling you about uh, you know one in East Toronto that was listed for one point one and went for one point seven five. Yeah. 
the other day, semi-detached. So yeah, whatever has whatever lull there was is disappeared for the moment. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to yeah. last. Now next or what. week we'll be talking about February stats. Yeah. I imagine. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, they show that. It really will, I think. Um it you know it's really been the latter half of this month mm-hmm. so i think yeah which is you know when you would expect it to be in an in an average year anyway that's right it's just we may not have expected it to happen yes this year we i think people were uncertain what was going to happen yeah it's a little earlier than i thought it was going to happen but mm-hmm. uh yeah i think we just have to wait and see like i'm a little suspicious this will continue right through mm-hmm. the rest of the year but at this point it seems like an unstoppable train again. Why are you suspicious? I think just because, you know, there's potentially talk of another interest rate hike. Uh, some people are predicting that a lot of people will see this little spurt of price increases and put their homes on the market and then we'll get lots of inventory and that will calm the prices down. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it just, it just seems too soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so stand by for that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see how it goes, but it has definitely been interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I love to see it. Um, on that note, this is a couple of weeks old. Well, it's about a week old, I guess, but uh, point two homes uh, that great uh website they do listings and different things all over the place i i follow their their i'm set up to receive their property matches in mexico (laughs) which i hope to buy one day um but they did a great article about the price of being a homeowner in various cities across canada in fact they looked at 50 and basically talked about how much you need to save in each of these places for a down payment. So, you know, they obviously took into account the price of the home, the average price of a home, um, average, you know, salaries, all different kinds of things to, you know, compile this data. And uh, another interesting thing about that is that they base this on what they call the 50, 30, 20 rule. So everybody's salary, you know, 50% should go to your needs, 30% to your wants, and then 20%, you know, saving for down payments. So based on all of that, they're looking at that 20% for down payment. How long is it going to take the average person to get a down payment and how much money uh, are they going to need? Mm -hmm. So that was a very long-winded, confusing way of of (laughs) talking about it. So uh, just out of interest, the average home ownership costs in Canada, the average down payment is just shy of $143,000. And the average closing costs are about $10,400. And, and just so people are reminded, what would be included in that te- closing cost? So that would be uh, land transfer tax, legal fees, title insurance right. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this was based on the average national benchmark price in Canada of $713,700 for a home. So your upfront costs are like 155000 Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when we look at what the averages are for that type of scenario, you know, based on a 20% down payment, what your closing costs are, what the average benchmark prices, it gives an average mortgage 
payment of $43,268. So I guess that's annually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they go into talking a little bit about property taxes and home insurance as well. So when we looked at all of that data, they wanted to give us an idea of the places that you, sh- you could buy um, and how much it would cost you to save for a down payment and where the most expensive and least expensive areas were. We'll, you know, focus on Ontario for the most part. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Got you so far. Got, okay. Because it is, does seem kind of confusing. Okay. So let's start with... So what we just went through were the averages. So what they did is then yes. looked at particular locations. 50 of them. Yeah. 50. To find out where you can do better or where you have to do worse. That's right. Mm-hmm. So this discussion is based on, again, a down payment of 20%. And it is taking into consideration your down payment, your closing costs, mortgage payments, insurance, property taxes, total upfront costs, et cetera, et cetera. And then what you're going to need in order to uh, have in order to afford to be able to buy in these places. Right. Yeah. So we'll, t- we'll focus on down payment. Cause I think that's what most people are looking for, uh, these days. Right. How do I, I did a, actually, I did a Q and A about that today. How do I get out of my parents? Right. Cause that's, house. that's the biggest obstacle yeah. I think faced by people. Right. And saving that amount of money, saving that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And is it, does it make sense for, for you to stay at home as long as possible to save that kind of money? Does it make sense for you to rent with roommates? Right. What do you need to do? Right. So let's talk about Toronto for the first you know, part because obviously the average price in Toronto is, is basically 1.1 million, just shy of 1.1. And, uh, a down payment required there is $213,400. And we reported on this last week. We're saying that's taking years and years and years. I can't remember how much, do you remember what the average was? It was going to take people like 20 years or something to save for that. Mm -hmm. So, that's unattainable for a lot of people because it's very difficult to get $213,000 right. down, right? Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind that not everybody needs 20%. I mean, most most people do, uh, depending on their circumstances. But 20% means you don't have to pay any mortgage insurance. So that's right. certainly the, the gold standard. But 20%... I think 20% is the most common, isn't it? I think it's probably the most common. Yeah. I mean, at the first couple of houses I bought, I only had... 10% yep. and that's, and you pay mortgage insurance. That's right. what you do. So, uh, depending on your individual circumstances, you can determine whether or not you can get away with, uh, putting less down or not, you know, your lender will tell you mm-hmm. because you know, a lot of it, you may not have as much down payment, but you may have a huge income. Right. So, yeah. So Toronto is, is difficult, obviously for most people and the same thing, you know, we, we would say also about, um, Vancouver, right? Well, you know, any of probably any of the major cities, not that Canada has many, but I would say Vancouver, I would say Montreal, they're all in the same boat. Yeah. I mean, what was that average, um, that you talked about earlier was 717. Yeah. And the average, um, upfront costs were about 155,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at Toronto, it's uh, about hundred thousand more than that. That's right, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's not insignificant, right? Yeah, so that yeah, that takes you know there are pros and cons to living in Toronto, but you know that's something you have to go into it knowing. Sure. 
Um, so the least expensive place is the Greater Sudbury area. <laughs> so in Greater Sudbury, the average home is 420700 which is still half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it requires a down payment for most people there of about 84000 mm-hmm. So, you know, that certainly seems more reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this report said that it will take most people eight years to, to save. This, yeah. yeah, to save $84,000 for a home in Sudbury. So, and again... That is strictly based on this 50, 30, 20 rule we talked about with 20% of your income going to a down payment. Um, And so at that, it would take you eight years to do. Mm -hmm. The second least expensive was Kingston. And uh, I know Kingston is, I thought, almost becoming a little more trendy and popular. from what I hear, I think a lot of people are, are buying in Kingston here and there. So Yeah, I mean, um, but Kingston, uh, as I understand it, takes 10 years. 10 years. To cover. It does. To, to get your upfront co- costs. Yeah, which saved. are about $107,600 yeah. for a down payment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is the cost of the house is is one of the best in the study. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I guess of the areas that they've looked right. at in Ontario, they three but that lowest doesn't make were, it easier to buy there. It did make it mm-hmm. easier according to this study. Mm-hmm. It made it easier to save for a down payment in these three places, mm-hmm. you know, Kingston being the second. Mm-hmm. So in Kingston you need to save 107,000. It'll take the average person 10 years to do that. And the average price of a home there is like five forty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One nice thing about Kingston, I love Kingston. Yeah, I would buy in Kingston. Yeah, well, one good thing to think about if you are buying in a place like Kingston is that there are a lot of there's there's a large rental pool there. So if you are buying something, maybe look at something with a basement apartment so that you're getting income there. Maybe you can get a couple of students in. Um, a lot of people rent rooms to students. So, you know, there is the opportunity, I think, in Kingston, maybe easier than some other places to get some supplementary income in, into your home. Yeah. So that'll help offset the costs. Yeah. Any any university town, you're going to have that rental market as well. Yeah. Which I is, would say in nice. my recent experience, the uh, rental opportunities in Kingston are abysmal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really awful. So, yeah. you know, something to think about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then number three on the list was London, uh, which is also going to take you 10 years there. But the average home price is 547 and it's going to require $109,000 in a down payment. So about 10 years to save there as well. So any surprises there for those bottom three for you or no? Uh, Sudbury didn't surprise me. Um, maybe London surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, I think. Maybe, uh, yeah, lo- maybe I, not. London's really been on the rise. So I, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so interesting stuff. Now we talked about Toronto having an average down payment of two thirteen, but that's wasn't the most expensive on this list. 
<laughs> the most expensive on this list was actually Richmond Hill. Yeah. Where the average price of a home there was 1.4 and you're going to need $281,700 for a down payment there. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's horrible. I think Markham isn't far behind Markham either. Not far behind list, with yeah. 270 Oakville yeah. after that with 265. Now, Toronto is actually one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh no, fifth on the list in terms of um, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with Richmond Hill. Uh, what can I say to that? Um, <laughs> I'm surprised. What I will say about Toronto is that we have a lot of expensive property, but we have a lot of still inexpensive condos, right? So a lot of our product here is still under 700,000 because mm-hmm. we have such a large, small condo pool. So it does offset the average price a little bit. Yeah. I mean, am I reading this right? That, um, in Richmond Hill, it could take 22 years to cover your upfront cost. Uh-huh. 22 years. Uh-huh. So by that time, Richmond Hill won't be number one. No, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's right. Yeah. 22 years. Yeah. That's it. That's so hard for people to hear. It is. It's hard for people to hear. So, you know, we go back to what the potential solutions are. I think you got to save more than 20% of your income. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. So we talked about some, yeah, some ideas for that last week, but that's, that's what's killing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you're renting in, in the city, mm-hmm. especially as a single person without roommates or anything. Well, you like, look you at can't this, save anything. This article also talks about the annual income of people who rent. And it's all, you know, in the ones in the top, uh, on the top Ontario cities, it's all about the same. It's, you know, just over 70,000. Exactly. And so they're only, you know, setting aside possibly that 20% is only 14,000 a year. Yeah. So to come up with that 300,000 is... It's, it's not a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, and 70,000 isn't a bad income. No. So you mean you're doing well on the income front. The upfront costs are what they are. It's the income set aside. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know, you know, how, how you do that. I mean, there's only really a couple of ways you either live, live with other people, try to share costs, really, uh, buying with other people, I think is good. So if it's going to take, you know, let's go back to Kingston. So maybe you buy with two other people all of a sudden, you know, it's cut that down. Maybe you can only save for three years. You only have to save and then, and then you can all buy something together. So th- there's a lot of challenges to that, obviously. Yeah. And, and be, people have to remember, I mean, the younger generation now hates to hear this, but you know, maybe your first home isn't that dream Richmond Mill home. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it isn't what or where you think you want to be long-term. Yeah. But uh, there's some sacrificing on some front. That's going to have to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be, we really have to come up with solutions, right? Mm -hmm. We know that right now is, is the most unaffordable period of time we've ever had Mm -hmm. for people trying to get into this market. It's just difficult for people to even rent, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we, really the only solution that, that makes sense to me is either you do, you have to stay with people longer whether that be your parents or roommates or whatever, but you have to be saving. And I think, I think that's the key. There are so many people today, 
the younger generation, I sound like an old person, but they spend at will and that the, the, the thought of saving money to buy something maybe isn't as important to them. And that's fair. But at some point we all grow up and you will, you will eventually want to own something and what, maybe that's not a home, but it's stocks, it's securing your future. Uh, there doesn't seem to be the same desire anymore mm-hmm. to save mm-hmm. for a house or for anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, for us, it was really ingrained in our, in our being. It's like, you have to own a house. You have to own a house. Yeah. I don't, I think that's not the case anymore. I think that's not the case. Yeah. So I think you have to think of innovative ways to um, save money in those years. You're not a purchaser. And then, uh, you know, innovative ways when, in terms of buying, I mean, if it takes 22 years for an individual making 70,000 to save for a house, does it take eight years for four people making 70,000 together to buy that house? Right. Maybe that's what you do. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure out a way to cut down these um, obstacles. Because you do hear all the time, I read articles about people who are young and they have somehow saved so much money. They really sacrificed for the first five years of their work life and they lived at home and they put every penny aside that they could. And maybe of $70,000 is their annual income. I mean, after taxes, what is that? Like 40? Yeah. 40. So they're saving more than they're your saving 20%. way more. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saving maybe 20,000 mm-hmm. a year. That's um, hard too, because as we talked last week, like there are, there are losses with that as well. Like loss of postponing maturity or right. independence or, um, you know, cause my initial, um, gut reaction was, you know, to have my kids live with me as long as, you know, necessary and save money, but that's not healthy either. No. So there are downsides to that kind of person as well. Now, here's a question for you. A lot of people I know are talking about thinking they're going to have to buy their children their first home. Yeah. How many people do you know that are actually thinking of doing that or have done that? Lots. Yeah. Lots. How about you? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. I would say most people actually. (laughs) Most people think of it. Most people think of it. Many people are not in a position to do it. Right. Um, but most people think of it and, you know, the people that I talk to that have done it say that home may not be, you know, when my kid is ready for it, a home that my kid ever lives in, but I'll have bought it and made money on it when I sell it then. And that will be for my kid. Yeah. Um, or, um, it'll be for all my kids to live in together and continue to grow equity. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or the other option I think is, and this can be with either parents doing it or the kids themselves doing it. And we've talked about this a hundred times, but buy something that you're not intending to live in just as an investment. Mm -hmm. And I know personally people that have done this who are young, who have very average salaries, who were able to buy things out of town, Mm -hmm. make money on it. And a couple of, like I know one person in particular who I don't even think she was 20, I think she was 23 when she bought, she saved money for the first couple of years of work, was able to buy something way out in, I think it was Welland or something like that. And at that time it was like, you know, less than 200,000 a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Bought it, you know, was able to refinance it about three years later, I guess, and buy herself a condo downtown. So this is somebody who's doing that. I mean, this does happen Mm -hmm. where there's a will, there's a way. And this, Mm -hmm. I was amazed by, by this young woman's 
you know, dedication to yeah. the cause. And that's what I'm seeing. I think that for um, many people just starting out, it's that will that's not there. Where there's a will, there's a way, but it's that will has, yeah. that has gone by yeah. the wayside, I think. Yeah, what is that, right? I don't know. We could have conversations about helicopter parenting. And yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Me either. I mean, I you know, I was reading yesterday about... Um, and then my kids were hot to get their driver's license, but people don't want to get their driver's license anymore. Yeah. Uh, that seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, mm. a lot of it's it all, is. A lot of things have changed. Right. Yeah. But I mean, getting a driver's license is very similar, I think, to owning a home yeah. with respect to, well, you know, if you want to live in the city, you don't really need a driver's right. license. That's true. And so I think a lot of people are taking that approach That's where true. they just want to live mm in the city and get around and let's face it you could uber every day for cheaper than yeah that's true. owning a car yeah, yeah. right it's just when we were growing up it was just it was ingrained in us that that is a sign of you know maturity. independence yeah like it was just <laughs> yeah. a given well a lot of things like that are not givens anymore that's right yeah interesting times so yeah that guess it about wraps it up but i think the moral of the story is if you are thinking about buying a home, it's going to take you some time. So, and you're a young person starting out. So start now. Yeah. Right. Um, I read something the other day. I wish I had this handy, but it said that if you put, put aside a hundred dollars, a paycheck or something like that, you'd have a million dollars by the time you retired. Well, put, put that money aside, right? That it was that whole thing that came out some years ago, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. If you can put that money aside into savings or RSPs or whatever, you can take that out right. afterward, right? You right. never you never notice that's missing from your paycheck, do right. you? You know, right. an extra 20, I don't know, because I never 50. did it. I never was able to do it, right. you're right. Yeah. yeah, you don't really notice it. You think, well, I'm just going to put $100, and then you think, oh, maybe I'll just do $120, and we'll see. I have this kind of vague conversation like this with my kids, and, like, I just sound like such an old person. Like, I wish yeah. I'd known this when I was 19. I know, <laughs> I, know. I know. And I just feel that they react that way. They, they just kind of roll their eyes. Yeah. Like, they just think old age will never ha come. That's right. That, that's true. Yeah. And it's mm. all just going to work itself out and they'll yeah. have lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, everyone, hopefully uh, that's been somewhat helpful for those of you thinking about breaking into the market. Let us know if you have any questions, make sure that you are following us here um, and subscribe so that you get all the latest episodes as they drop every week. And also please make sure you are following us on all our social channels at the Janelle Cameron team. And we wish you happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.